Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast. My name is Andrew Nimsger, and today I'll have James Graham with me to break down everything that happened in Season 5, Episode 21 of My Hero Academia Revival Party, continuing off the My Villain Academia arc. And James, I think last week was amazing. Getting to see all the villains again, seeing them face up against Machio was so cool. But this just took the entire arc, and even season, I'd say, to a whole different level today do you agree 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah no we gotta we gotta get some nice power-ups got some got some new faces we got a bunch going on man i'm, I'm happy with how the direction how the show is going in the, with the direction right now yeah and i mean i think we've talked about it a couple of times everyone was so worried about what it was going to look like but if this is yeah. what the remaining what four or five episodes of the season look like and feel like i'm i, I think this is going to be one of the best arcs in my hero academia so i do want to kind of get into the jump into that Dylan's not here, so he's not going to be here to slow down the episode. So we are going to blast through and talk about <laughs> all the awesome things we want to, the true degenerate duo. But before we do jump into that, if you guys do end up enjoying this episode, make sure to subscribe, like so that it shows up in the YouTube uh, algorithm, and comment on your thoughts about the episode below. Also, if you do want to listen to this on the go, we are on podcasting platforms as always. So you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen, we are going to be there as well. And if you ever need those links, comment or tweet at us. We can always get those over to you. Speaking of Twitter, the one last thing we want to plug is go over to twitter.com slash class1apod and follow us over there. It's where we pretty much get the update on everything that we do, post some awesome screenshots, questions, and all that as well. So go check us out over there as well. But James, anything else you want to say or should we jump into this episode recap? No, dude. I'm sure Dylan will dispute you saying that you're we're the true degenerate duo. But I mean, like, yeah, get into it, man. I got I got to take the shots wherever I can. But <laughs> with the full quick recap of season five, episode twenty one, revival party, it starts off with the story of Destro and who exactly he was. He was the original leader of the Metal Liberation Army, but he ended up ultimately getting defeated and arrested. But before he did die, he wrote a book and left it behind, committed suicide, and then also we do learn that he had an unknown child, where we jump back to the current day and see that Reed Destro is the lost child of Destro, and is continuing on the vision of his father with continuing the Metal Liberation Army, who are at that moment discussing their upcoming attack on the League of Villains, and that they have found a contact to him that we now know is Giren. The League of Villains show up to Dika and are shown into the city by Sliding Go, the hero that we did see show up a couple episodes ago after Todoroki and Bakugo got their licenses finally. He is now there and clearly part of the Middle Liberation Army, showing that they have heroes underneath the Middle Liberation Army and it's not just civilians and villains as well. But as they do come into the city, they are instantly attacked by countless members of the Middle Liberation Army, showing that the numbers they boast are truly there. Giren and Redestro talk up in the kind of the control tower about why the League of Villains cannot summon Nomus, which is why the Metal Liberation Army are confident that they're going to be able to defeat the League of Villains once and for all. Back kind of down onto the field, everyone kind of splits up, but a majority of this episode focuses on Toga and her battle against Curious, which is pretty much kind of the news outlet head for the Metal Liberation Army. He's talking about interviewing and trying to learn more about Toga, even seeing a couple of flashbacks that Redestro was kind of the one that pointed her down the route of doing this interview. So that's kind of a background throughout the entire fight between Curious and her goons and Toga. Early on in the fight, Toga is getting absolutely rocked as Curious's quirk allows her to turn anything into a landmine, including her own goons, 
which would make it totally unable to take in blood. And everywhere she steps, she's pretty much having an explosion go off in her face. We learned throughout the fight that Toga's backstory is that basically she's always been obsessed with blood, but her parents said that wasn't normal. So she started putting on this mask, but one day it kind of broke the mask crack. She injured one of her classmates that she's looking like she killed them almost and ended up sucking her blood, which is where her blood fascination pretty much went on to the next level. And she's been on the run ever since. As it seems like Toga is about to lose to Curious, she ends up drinking some of Ochako's blood that she's been holding onto and has a quirk power up. The first one I believe we've ever seen. And we'll talk about that afterwards, where she's temporarily able to use the quirk of Ochako to end up defeating Curious as she lifts them all up in the ground and lets them all come down. And then she stumbles into a tool shed and passes out. And that's where she ends that episode. But we do jump back over to Shigaraki, who seems to be in an extra bad mood as he's tired, but he also has his memory starting to kind of flash back into his mind. Um, when he does turn around to find a group that is chasing after him, it seems that he too has had a level up. It didn't make as much of a deal out of it. This K no longer just hits whatever he's touching, but it seemed to spread onto things that was kind of in the vicinity of what he touches as well. So kind of making it an AOE attack rather than just a single target which is pretty crazy for the decay quirk as it is. Back Dobby is facing an ice quirk army member who seems really confident despite having an ice quirk going against Dobby, the strongest fire user we've really seen. But the ice user ends up creating even a whole dragon to fight Dobby with. But there's not too much of that, just a couple of uh, explosions and a couple of kind of lines back and forth. But that's clearly going to be something that happens next episode and the next upcoming episodes. And then really twice is going to be the last League of Villain member that we kind of touch base with it before the, after, uh, the episode ends, where he does find Toga in the shed and begins freaking out all of his different sides inside of him talking to each other. And just clearly he's about to have a mental breakdown. When we do get a little bit of backstory where Skeptic from the Metal Liberation Army was talking about how pretty much his copies of himself kind of tore himself apart and that's why he's in this state that he currently is but they're going to use that to his advantage and want to try to convince twice to join the middle liberation army so they sent fake copies of himself to go and attack twice which i don't know why that's going to help bring him in middle liberation army but that's where the episode ends and we see that it's going to be a twice heavy episode next week based on the preview but it was a very combat focused episode but even with that, we did get some cool backstory. We got quirk level up. We got to really see the power of the Metal Liberation Army. I mean, there was so much that happened in this episode. There's a lot to take in. Like, I mean, you, like you really just get chucked into the vastness that is like is their numbers, right? Like you, you, they keep boasting, like you know, hundred what was it, one hundred ten thousand or something like that. And it was supposed to be across Japan. I think initially was our like our initial impression of that. But they, they literally just keep coming out of the woodwork, right? So, and I'm I'm kind of impressed that, like, the, like the League of Villains, because there's, like, what is there? There's six of them? Five of them or something like that? Like, there's not, they don't have that many people, right? So, it, it, I think it really shows the strength of, like, what, how strong the League is, uh, just on a base level, right? But then you get all these crazy power-ups and shit, right? And then it just starts, it just starts going to a whole nother level. And I think that's the first place we kind of want to jump into and talk about, because... Mm. I don't think we've ever seen a literal quirk power-up. So we've seen Tokuyami find new ways to use his quirks or get stronger. We've seen, I mean, Deku's the exception. Obviously, he just has multiple quirks. I've seen, we've seen Bakugo use his quirk in new ways. But Toga's quirk is being able to transform into someone with the blood by taking in their blood. Yeah. And while it still makes sense that transform into someone giving you the quirk abilities, 
that's not something we've ever seen before, and we haven't seen that kind of quirk jump anywhere else. I don't believe. Do you, can you think of anything else? I really can't. It's really been a it's been like a refined manipulation of a quirk that has like kind of evolved. It that's what that's what our initial like our our previous like um, interpretation of like a quirk getting better was right. You found a better way to manipulate it to harness it better. You know, like with Bakugo when he when he created like AP shot and stuff like that, right? Or Tokoyami when he got with uh, what is it like full full darkness cowling or whatever it is. Um, that's really where we saw it, right? Um, so, but this is like this. This is weird because yeah, it's like it's not only it's not only using a quirk, but it's making it significantly better. And it kind of begs the question to like, okay, so is or, or like quirks in somebody's blood? Like, is it is it like in like is that the part of the anatomy that it's kind of factored in from? Right? Because that's how she gets it. Right? Like that's that's where it comes from. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of crazy to look at. Um, and yeah, like it's, 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 it's weird, right? Like we've never seen it before. Yeah. And I mean, I think having the Shigaraki one in the same episode makes it easier to kind of see how it's level up and kind of talking from a class one, a standards for how I see this kind of a jump would be. So like right now, Ariyama, he could shoot a laser beam out of his belly button. Right. Well, to me, this level of quirk level for someone like Ariyama would him having being able to blast out that beam from everywhere all at once in short burst or having right. more kind of pop up. Like that's how I see this level up for Ayama. Cause it's the easiest, most straightforward kind of one um, is what I see there. So the Shigaraki going from having one form of decay to being able to do it to a range is a big thing. It is still the same quirk fundamentally, but yeah. it is still a big jump. I mean, you can see that even with water quirks. Well, where just because you have a water quirk doesn't mean you can control water or shoot it very fast, or anything kind of like that. Like you could have well, we different with Coda, right? Like like Coda was a prime example of a water quirk that wasn't really like super manifested. Like he had like this little like splash, and that was really it, right? Yeah. And obviously, as he gets more and more powerful, it would get increasingly stronger, I guess. Yes, but there's still limitations on what it could be. Yes. So just because you have a type of quirk doesn't mean you can just do anything with it. You can control fire, but that doesn't mean you can control everything fire related i mean yeah there's still limitations on this so these are still the same quirks but seeing them take a jump almost based off of emotions rather than training obviously all of them have been training for so shigaraki it makes more sense you train your quirk he's been doing nothing but fight, fighting machia for the last two months him getting yeah. stronger makes sense but for toga's case who has been fighting machia but this is a different level of quirk. This is more of an emotional kind of breakthrough. And I feel like it almost is what twice is about to go through as well. So it, it's different that, I don't know. I think it's so cool to see and it opens up so many questions, but it's also hard to explain and talk through because there's no rules to it. Like so many things in My Hero Academia. It's such a, it's such a weird contrast. Like when you like, cause we, the entire time we have like the heroes going through like these trials and tribulations and stuff like that. And like hat and training arcs. And that's how their, their quirks are kind of leveling up. But when you go to the villains, like it's through like mental breakdowns and near death experiences. You know what I mean? It's such a, it's such a nice, it's not like a nice parallel, you know what I mean? But it is like the villains have to go through their own shit. And like, I mean, this is what their version of it is. Right. And I think I honestly, I think Togas is so good. Like you have this, you have curious like literally like hammering her with questions like literally just like she's literally like taking the wound and like not just poking it but she's like opening it back up entirely right and causing her to have this like total total mental breakdown right and i mean toga's fairly unbalanced as it is right so 
to get to this point, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a, it's such a cool way of doing it. Right. And you get to real, like, I mean, the big part, like the nice part is, is like, you get to see like every side of Toga with this episode too. Like, I mean, you get to see the backstory, you get to see how, how twisted she can be now. And like, it's, it's just, it's such a nice progression for her as a character. Cause I mean, like this, the, like, I mean, like the psychopathic schoolgirl has been a trope in anime and in like media for like forever. Right. Like, I mean, it's nothing new, but this is, this is nice that it's been fleshed out just that much more. Yeah, I mean, Toga's definitely always been one of my favorite League members, so her just getting a spotlight episode yeah. is awesome, and that's why I think we still have a couple of episodes coming up. I mean, kind of based off the preview, we saw that next episode is going to be a twice-heavy episode. But yeah. we still have Dobby, who has a showdown. Shigaraki's still going to have a true showdown, to, I'm assuming. I mean, he hasn't really done too much yet. He, he's just kind of walking off away from everyone, probably towards the leader would be my guess. Then we mm -hmm. still have Spinner and we have uh, Mr. Compress as well. So there's still yeah. four League of Villain members that are each still need to have their some kind of power up or big showdown. I don't know about Spinner and Mr. Compress. Like I know, right? Like I think I maybe they make it one episode combined or they get a smaller yeah. moment like within that, but I want to see Dobby. I want to see twice. I want to see Shigaraki. Yeah. Those two are important to the League of Villains but they are not important to making this arc good. I like, and it's weird too. Cause they've, they've really made spinner like almost like the voice of reason amongst yeah. the league of villains. Right. And Mr. Compress, like I feel bad for him. Cause he's just kind of there. Right. Like I like Mr. Compress as a character. I think he's like, I mean, he's got a really interesting quirk. Um, he's like, you know, the, like, I mean, he's like, he's not just the, like the, he's like, uh, not gentle criminal magician. You know what I mean? Like he's very, like he's very straightforward and stuff. So like I like him like that, but I mean yeah, he's never been like he's never been like the centerfold of the League of Villains. So if him and if him and Spinner get compressed into one episode, I'm not gonna be mad about it. Like it kind of kind of is. And like how do you how do you level up a quirk like Spinner's? You know what I mean? Like he's, he's just, just a swordsman. He's a oh, and he's a gecko, right? Like he's yeah. a, like he's a he's a sword wielding gecko. He like he is the My Hero Academia version of a Ninja Turtle, right? Like I mean that's yeah. basically what he is. So and I don't, Mr. Capresso, you can see it a little bit more though. I mean, oh, like right now yeah. we can capture Bill. Like, I guess I don't know what quite his ability is, but like, oh, like he's able to like make it look like a nuclear bomb went off there and just compress an entire like city block or something. Like you well, can see yeah. a power up there, but Spinner, like you, I think Spinner, Spinner, Spinner's TMNT is a great explanation <laughs> of where he can go. He can become a better fighter. Maybe he has like a Sue like tongue and can do more with that or like maybe or something they melt do they like change skin well it's like chameleons like chameleons no can like well yeah well yeah that's just it like the nice part is with his quirk you can probably get like some bled over you can from, make like, something other... up no one's exactly, gonna question right? it she horikoshi could do whatever he wanted tomorrow and no one's gonna question it because he'd find a way for it to make sense for it to be exactly. a cool moment but it wouldn't break the universe so no yep. one would question it too much. And that's what's cool about that, that I wouldn't be surprised if next week he had a very cool moment, even though we're shitting on Spinner right now, because yep. that's just what Horikoshi's done with all these characters and quirks that power-ups or crazy moments with everyone make sense because he finds a way to make it make sense. Yeah, that's just it, right? He like The, the explanation is never really that... Like you can like you can rationalize almost everything he does because he gives you enough information to make like just basically 
make you be able to piece it together, right? So I, I think that's a really like that is that's so impressive, right? Um, and like I mean, even even like that goes back to Toga. Like, how does how does Toga know how to activate a cork she's never used before, right? Like, you, like I mean, does she just have an innate like an innate understanding of it? Well, because she's fought she can... off against Ochako a little bit. That's so, true. I think, yeah, yeah. And plus the UA festival and all that. Yeah. I think that makes a little bit more sense. And it just mm -hmm. being like an innate ability to understand how the quirk works, but I do, I do get the line you're kind of going down, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but like you're right. Yeah, she has seen it in action. She knows how it works. So it, like, I mean, to it, probably to an extent, right? Like, so, um, yeah. I guess, I guess you can kind of rationalize it, right? But I mean, obviously, like honestly, like one, uh, like a sick fight from her too, right? Like, I mean, they did, a, they did a great job with that. I was very, I was very happy with how that whole fight kind of turned out because i didn't really know where it was going right i mean despite somebody who has like I've, I've read the manga before right but at the same time like the way they present the fight is very like she could be boned right like you don't you don't know like i mean at the end of the episode like I mean, she's basically like bleeding out right and i mean this 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 is gonna like spawn something crazy out of twice too right because yeah. these two these two have been like a pair since the beginning so i guess something i actually want you kind of touch base back on it with the manga so we we yes. know we've read the manga kind of up to where it is we always try to catch up mm -hmm. on the manga to where the anime is at so yeah. i guess something that i want to kind of talk through is i don't feel like this but i can see how people are i'm interested for anyone that has read the manga and you just watched the anime i'd love to hear your thoughts on mm -hmm. this as well but did you think too much happened in this episode i guess because Almost? we jumped around a lot but it didn't go overboard i felt so many chapters were compressed here very tightly because i mean i think originally we had three or four chapters of them just coming down from the mountainside talking to sliding go talking to the hardened mind like i feel like there's so much that happened early on that they kind of took out there so i don't mind any of it it felt good the pacing felt good it was always jumping around and that's what the fight would actually be like it wouldn't make too much sense to focus a whole episode on them walking down and talking to everyone, then a full episode on Toga, then that, like, it's a full-out battle among these six people against thousands, so it makes sense for it to be hectic and jumping all over, which is why I feel like it works, because that's, like, what someone out, and filming this in real life, they'd be jumping, like, oh, wow, this is happening, then that's happening, then this is yeah. happening, like, it makes sense with a battle like that, which is why I feel like it works, and while next episode, it could be twice, and Dobby both having a very cool moment, both in the same episode, because in real life of My Hero Academia, they could be happening simultaneously within seconds. So it makes sure sense to kind of be going back and forth between the two of them. Yeah, no, I think I think this is probably one of the few exceptions that it like you you need that almost like level of like chaos going on where it does feel like there's a lot going on in the episode because there there would be right all these events would be stacked up at the same time right like realistically the toga and curious fight is probably going on at the same time as like the dobby and ice fight right like i mean we don't we don't know his name so i'm just calling him ice right but like i mean you think these would probably be lining up same thing with shigaraki like just absolutely decimating this huge group of people like these things are probably layered on top of each other so i don't like I think there has been episodes like that where there has just been too much shit going on at once, but I don't think this is one of them. I think this is dangerously close. Where if you started like basically going off into the weeds with like Spinner and Mister Compress and everybody, that's where it could be like okay, I like I can't keep track of everything. But we didn't go there. You have clearly one fight concluded. 
one fight ongoing um and like sugar rock is off doing his own thing right like yeah. and that's like and that's like it right so it doesn't feel overwhelming so like i mean next episode we're probably going to get a dobby ice conclusion and a twice something happening and then again like mr compress and and spinner are probably gonna take like their background roles that they they usually do and that, that'll probably be it which is probably why they concluded the toga fight here because then it starts to mm -hmm. get out of hand like great exactly. now that's one less storyline then probably next episode one or two more might finish down then it's gonna probably my guess would be Shigaraki's gonna have the biggest moment. We were being getting teased with the more of his backstory that has yep. to come through at this point. I mean, we saw it last episode. He said they're starting to flood back a little bit. This episode, that breakthrough is gonna come through at, at some point. So I think that's going to be a full episode in its own because it's Shigaraki. Yep. It is the main exactly. villain. He has to have a full episode. So if he had a moment during this one, that's where it would have been over. So I think Bones and Horikoshi and all the writers for the actual anime are doing a good job of writing that fine line. I still think in any given episode coming up, they could go a little bit over that. But with this one, it was that fine line. And that's what made it yeah. such a good episode. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, it made you so excited. Like, it was very much one of those episodes that you're excited for what happens next. Because you have twice basically snapping at the end of the episode. You you have Dobby squaring off against somebody who has a quirk who will buy like the Pokemon elements chart. <laughs> he, he like should be at a disadvantage, right? But he's not. So like, I mean, you, you, there's a lot to look forward to and you have Shigaraki with all these, all these memories coming back, right? So there's a lot to be like, I want to know what happens. I want to know what happens, right? Which is great. That's what you, that's what you want. Yeah, but is there any last points we actually want to touch on for this episode before we move into the Plus Ultra Award? Uh, no, I don't. I, I think I do want to touch on Curious's quirk really quick because I think Landmine oh, yeah. is just like it it's is so. Cool. It's so. It is. It's. It's really interesting and like I mean, it shows a lot of pre planning too because she should have. She would have had to know that Toka could have like gone off into like these surrounding areas. So there has to be that. Like I mean, but there has to be some she, kind of like. I think there's some kind of like rule she could set with it, because like she made a person explode when they took in their blood, so like. Obviously, they otherwise like that wouldn't make sense. Of, like you, you, the people ones was what kind of threw me off. You're like people exactly. have to walk here somewhere. Toga's stepping in the middle of the like the back alley. That makes sense. Like, hey, no one go in the back alleys or you're gonna die. That <laughs> makes sense. Up, yeah. But like there were ones in the main street that are going off too, and I don't think people could just know where every single one are. Like even in like the restaurants, and then the people exploding as well made me think she can set some kind of conditions on them. I'm, I'm assuming that she can almost like set either like a proximity thing or like a like like she I'd assume has to be able to feel if something's near a landmine. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like you have that 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 sensation that something's close to it that you could detonate it on your own. Right now, of course, we probably won't see any more of it because they explicitly said they want to kill Toga because of what she did to Kira. Well, I know so that's kind of what I want to look it up because yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so we're not going to learn sure anything more about it. Dead. Yeah, exactly. Unless somebody reveals it later, but like I don't think that's gonna happen. So landmine allowed Choso to bestow explosive properties on anything she touches. The explosives could be detonated at will. So yes, yeah, so it does seem like she has some control over them. Okay, yeah. So it's not just like uh, we're just gonna slap it on everybody and stuff's just gonna blow up, right? Like yeah, I think it was a cool quirk. It's weird that they paired it with her in like how she as a character is like i like it was it's kind of like orko she does this a lot where he pairs characters with quirks that don't in like don't sync up with their personality you know what i mean like you don't get like 
like you don't get the tokoyamis who have like a like inherently dark quirk so it makes them a dark character you know what i mean like this is like this is like a interviewer who has an incredibly destructive quirk for like no goddamn reason right yeah. so it's uh yeah it was it was good though i like i liked her as a character and i liked like her her scene in this like i think she played a role very very well yeah but like even like we don't know too much about him but we saw skeptic here and we learned that yeah. like so he had was well, he's like the kind of security guy or something kind of like that he was sitting over camera watching videos and stuff kind of like that but his quirk was like allowing to turn a normal object into human like clones like i guess into, that like, kind of makes i guess that kind of makes sense if he is kind of more spy like but I, I, I do get what you're kind of going at there that like, at least landmine and like a news journalist makes no sense together at all. There's, I there's mean, no sense, yeah. I mean, I guess unless you're kind of going off like the kind of uh, like more joke sense of the term is that um, an interviewer could step on a landmine that kind of blows the story up at any moment and kind of oh go like, with like that kind of approach. You know what I mean? Like, like kind guess, of the more yeah. like, ideal one. But I think that's yeah. kind of stretchy. I don't know where it came from, but still cool quirk. I agree. But yeah, yeah I think that's it, though. so. Let's try to recover from my rough explanation of whatever that was and move into the plus ultra award. For those of you that do not know, the plus ultra award is an award we do each and every week where we decide on which character went beyond when plus ultra, which we'll tally up in the season to see who was the ultimate plus ultra recipient for all of season five. James, I think we're going to be on the same page here, but I want to hear you say it first. I mean, it's got to be Toga, right? Like it has yeah, to be. There's, there's no, there's I don't, like, there's nobody else who did it. So I mean, yeah, like you got, you literally, literally had like an upgrade of your quirk. That's yeah. I, I mean, her quirk went altered. beyond what it had people <laughs> were for. Plus, the majority of this episode has been about Toga. The majority yeah. of the actual episode was about Toga. I mean, this was the Toga episode, and I'm gonna make yeah. a wild prediction. Next week's a clean sweep. We're gonna be twice. Just based off the preview, <laughs> if he has the same level of level up for as Toga did, it's going to make sense. But who knows? Dobby, other people could come in. I'm not going to make that invest, but we've been very on the same page this season compared to every other season. So, yeah, and that's been a nice change. But thank you, everyone that have tuned in for this episode, listening on podcasting services, watching on YouTube, wherever it is. Please make sure to interact with you guys to let us know that you guys enjoyed the episode. It means a lot to us because we create this content for you guys. So hearing from you, seeing you interact with it always makes us feel better that we're doing good content. But that'll be wrapping up this week's episode. We'll be back next week for episode 22, Sad Man's Parade, to break down everything that happens there. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you all next Saturday.